So many souls have tested him throughout the course of time. So many still reach out to him with broken parts and minds. And every one of them will say, without exception, that they find Jesus never fails. Even in the days of old, he brought his people through. passage this morning, well-worn. Uh, it's sad to me uh, that when you speak of King David, this is pretty much what people think about. Uh, they, don't, they do not, when they speak of King David, they, if they've read the Bible much, they don't think much about the giant. They don't think that he's slain his ten thousands and Saul is slain his thousands. They don't think about how good he was as a king, how just he was, upright he was. They don't think uh, about how he prospered Israel and how they did so well under him. They pretty much think of this. And so take your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 12. I'm going to try to read as quickly as possible. I, I have, I have uh, beat myself up a little bit about this, how much of this to read, because the, the, the text passage is verses 9 and 10. But for some of you that are new in the Lord, I mean, for you older folks, I wouldn't have to read this, but I just have to read verse 9 and 10 and go on. But for the sake of you people who are new in the Lord, do not understand the context. Let me read from verse 1 through 15 quickly. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds. The poor man had nothing, save one little ewe lamb, uh, which he had bought, and nourished up, and grew it up together with him, and with his children. And they did eat of their own meat, and drank of their own cup. I have seen people share their ice cream cone with their dogs. I've seen it. Lick of the dog, lick of the person. Lick of the dog, lick of the I've seen it. This does not surprise me right here. And they lay in his bosom. I've seen people sleep. I haven't seen them sleep. I know that they sleep with their cats under the sheets. And they sleep with their dog in bed under the sheets. Don't tell me who you are because I will fight bitterness and I don't want to fight any bitterness. <laughs> and lay in his bosom and was unto him a daughter. Look at that, a daughter. I mean, this, this little ewe was like a daughter. And I will say this, people love their animals many times more than they do their children. And I can't blame them. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd and to dress the wayfaring man that was come unto him. And he took the poor man's ewe lamb. I put an ewe in there myself. The poor ewe lamb. And dressed it for the man 
that was to come to him. Now, this little parable, this is a heavenly, uh, earthly story with a heavenly truth, was told by the prophet Nathan. Now, David was in his court. The court was all his advisors were there, all his people were there. That was the place people. When Nathan comes in as the prophet of God, comes into David, David had done something wicked about a year earlier. And he tried to keep a secret, tried to keep a tried to keep it, you know, in a secret. Nobody wants to know about this. And uh, and and listen, and this and this it's interesting how God does this. And David was a you know David was a shepherd, right? You know he wrote the twenty-third Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You, you know that. Most of you know that, but not everybody would know that. But he wrote that twenty-third Psalm that many of you without Bible knowledge, may know about. My Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in a green pasture. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Uh, thou, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He wrote that. That's probably simply the one of the most quoted Old Testament psalms in the, of all the psalms. It's requested number one almost at funerals, almost number one. And so David it was sweet and tender with God. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, verse 5. Why? Because he was a shepherd. He'd, he could visualize this. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing. Because why? He had no pity. And Nathan said to David, thou. I, I got a feeling Nathan was, was probably an old thin, tall guy with long fingers, especially index fingers. And I think he was, a, I think he was, a, he was an independent Baptist. I think he, he, he put his finger out like this in the middle of the court. All, every eye in David's court was upon him. And he said, thou. Art the man. Wow. I mean, David would have never expected that. That came out of left field. David was being a righteous judge. He, by the way, judged that a little harsh. I mean, the guy killed the man's ewe lamb. He did not murder the he did not murder anybody, but yet David said he deserves the death penalty for this. Interesting. That's a whole nother sermon. And I'm not going to do it this morning for sure. And then after he puts the finger of conviction upon him, he says, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house. says three times. He uses the word I. God says, I did this. All your success, all your blessing is because of me. And I hope you get that today. Because that's the way it still is. And I gave thee the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given thee such and such things. I would have liked to have heard those, but God said you don't need to know. And in the Bible, we only have what we need to know. Wherefore hast thou despised, and this is the text verse, wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord, and if you would take a circle on that word despise for me, and to do evil in his sight, thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife. Thou hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. 
Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from thy house, because thou hast despised. Would you, in verse 10 there, just circle the word despised? You have to, you, what have you done? What was the sin of David? Because this was my meditation when I was meditating on this, and God gave me this. The message today is mostly going to be around the, these two verses, 9 and 10. Thou hast despised me. And have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thy own house, and I will make thy wife, I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor. Ended up being his own son. And he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. And this is the verse you want to you want to circle this for sure, because this is what uh, this is what I see happen over and over again. For thou didst it secretly. People when they sin try to cover, cover, cover sexual child abuse. The reason sexual child abuse continues on and on and on is because the girl is convinced that if she reveals it, it'll ruin the family. It'll ruin their reputation. And consequently, typical sexual child abuse isn't revealed till the girl is about in her 30s, when she feels she's far enough away from it to be safe. And also, she's educated enough in world wisdom to know the guy that did it should have been shamed. The family should have been destroyed because of that sin. It should have been judged with immediately, but she'll wait 10, 12 years to get away from it, to feel safe about it. But look what God thinks about it. Now this is secretly, this about a year had passed, he tried to keep a lid on this thing. Of course, did he keep a lid on it? His servants knew about it, and, and if, if I know people at all, they tell, they tell a confidant, the confidant tells their two confidants, that confidant tells their three confidants, that three confidants tell their ten confidants. Everybody's, everything's, everything's in confidence. But it's everywhere. Our own government can't keep a secret. But I will do this thing before Israel and before the sun. I'm going to do it publicly. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And this was his public confession, really. And the Lord David, and, and Nathan said unto David, Lord, hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Basically, David, you deserve to die, but you're not going to die. Howbeit. Because of this deed, thou hast given great occasion of the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Now I want you to notice that. Your sin and my sin. You want to try to keep a secret? God says, no, no. It's going to go public, even at the expense of, of the name of Jehovah. Because it will be at the expense. All of our sin ultimately is a sin against God. As David said in Psalm 51, I, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Uh, when you sin, you damage me as a believer. Now listen to it. When you sin, you damage me. Why? Because I'm a fellow believer. I'm part of your body. The Bible says that one part of the body suffers, the whole part of the body suffers. The reputation of Jesus Christ suffers, and when I go out door to door and tell people Jesus saves, they say, well, you may think he saves, but I know this deacon in church, and he ran off with so-and-so and did this or did that, and uh, I don't think Jesus saves any more than, 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 than Buddha saves. It hurts us. It hurts us. It hurts us. You want to know why credibility of Christianity is so low in America? It's because of the failure of God's people. And Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord struck the child, Uriah's wife, bare unto David, and it was very sick. I want to talk about the process of failing a little bit. What happened to David? What happened? 
He's a man after God's own heart. New Testament says it. A man of great attention from God, no doubt. A man of supernatural endowment from God, I mean, no doubt. A man of power with God, no doubt. But David was also a humble man. He was a humble man. Uh, he was leased in his father's house. He was the keeper of the sheep. He was, he was lightly esteemed to the place when Samuel came to Jesse, they didn't even call the boy in. When, Je when, Jesse, when, Je when uh, Samuel said, I'm come here to, uh, God has basically out of your family going to choose the next king of Israel. Dad, mom, and everybody else didn't think of David. That's pretty being lightly esteemed. Like it may be everybody else, these other six brothers, but, but it's surely not going to be David. David, you need to stay out there. Finally, Samuel said, it's none of these. You got any more sons? He said, well, I got one. He's out there, king on tending the sheep. And I'm, I'm, him? That's pretty being lightly esteemed. I'm the baby of the, I'm a baby of three boys. I know what it feels like. A man, David was a man of respect for authority. He respected authority. He was indignant when he heard Goliath's disrespect of Jehovah God and disrespect of the armies of Israel. He was careful not to touch Samuel, God's anointed, though Samuel was doing wrong and was, was hunting for his life without cause. Yet when he had two different times when he had a chance to kill Samuel, he, and his men wanted him to kill Samuel, most of you know he wouldn't do it because God forbid, he said, that I would touch God's anointed. He said, God will take care of his own. Um. David was just. He was a just man in his judgments. Uh, David recognized good men, and he recognized people, and he cared for people. David was a lover of God. Um, he loved God's temple. He loved God's place. He's the one that wrote, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, anybody that wants to, that'd be like you saying, preacher, Sunday's not enough. I just want to stay here seven days a week. And we gave, we, we, we said, yes, Wendy, you can. <laughs> he was a lover of God and loved the house of God. But he fell into this gross sin. And he fell into this public sin. Uh, the definition of public sin is if it's done with somebody outside of myself. In other words, if you look at a woman to lust after her, man, you can go to God privately and say, God, be, please be merciful to me. That was wicked. I denounce it. Nobody else is involved. But if you go have a relationship, illicit relationship with anybody, you've just involved another person. And, and the definition of public is not private. Private's you. Public's anybody else. He was hard-hearted. Man, he was hard-hearted. One whole year almost he waited. He was trying to put a lid on that thing. It was a premeditated sin by, ooh. By the way, may I say this? All sins really premeditated. It some, has, some has more premeditation. Some has less premeditation. But before you do it, you think about it. Amen? As a man, isn't he hard? So, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I mean, you, you, you may do something somewhat impromptu. I mean, it may come upon you uh, without you thinking about it, but once it comes upon you, then you got to think about it. you got to say, am I going to do this? I'm not going to do this. Am I going to step this way? I'm not going to step this way. So 
I think all sin is premeditated. Well, you know, I, I get a kick out of people. They say, well, preacher, uh, you know, it wasn't that bad. No, there's no good sin. No good sin. I realize there's degrees of sin. And there'll be degrees of punishment in hell for people who, who violate God and, and, and miss Christ, uh, no doubt. But it was a premeditated sin. And, 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 and David was out of fellowship with the God he had walked with and talked with on a minute by minute, maybe day by day, hourly by hourly. David was intimate with God, and yet he stayed out of fellowship with God. You say, did David still pray? Yes, he did, but it was hollow and it was empty because there's something between him and the Savior. And you can, why you're not even supposed to take communion if something's between you and the Savior. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 and following. Look it up. The Bible says you take communion with, with, a, with a known sin between you and you, you. You condemn yourself and cause judgment to come upon you. David, one whole year. Well, what happened? What happened to David? I've meditated about this. This was done. By the way, I, I did this the beginning of August. What happened? Well, verse 7 and 8 say what it is. Nathan said, thou art the man. He says, uh, he, I, David forgot his privileges with God. He forgot his privileges with God. Oh, this is important. When we as born-again believers lose our gratitude to God for what he has done for us, we drift from God. The drift has already begun. Um, when you quit reviewing what God has done for you and how he has lifted you from the miry clay, and I want to break out in song now, but you probably don't want me to. Oh, Psalm 40, verse 1 through 3. He's taken me out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock. He's established my feet. Put a new song in my heart. Don't forget where you came from. I never get tired of hearing people's testimony. I heard uh, uh, Nora's testimony when she first came here. Well, I still remember it. I heard Nick's testimony. A lot of times, I still like it. I, I, I don't get tired of testimonies. I love to hear your testimony. I love to hear to people, how how do you get saved? I love it. And by the way, you need to keep reviewing that. Some of you have got, oh, I've worn over that thing a hundred times. Well, I've eaten ribeye a lot too, but I still want to do it. I've sang Amazing Grace a thousand times, but it's still rich in my soul when I sing it. We need some gratitude. Gratitude dies on the altar of a man's heart. He's well nigh hopeless, Bob Jones Sr. We need to regularly remember what God has done and, it, it, by the way, is doing for us. We need to stop thinking about the things below and keep thinking about the things above. Now you say, well, that's just your philosophy. It's not. A Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 2 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. The word set means to permanently place it there. In other words, I need today, every morning I need to get up, I need to set my affections on things above. 
I need to, it's a choice you make every morning. Well, I feel grouchy in the morning. Well, I do too. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. David's heart went from dwelling in the house of the Lord forever to dwelling on a beautiful woman bathing herself. That's right. He went from dwelling on, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord to going over to that press, that, that uh, parapet. What's the right word for that? Well, anyways, it's the wall on his, on his uh, roof. His, his house was, I'm going I'm to assume his house was the highest house in the area. And people would go up on top of their homes and bathe because that's where the hot water was. They didn't have no hot water heater down there. You had water on the top of your house. It got hot by the sun. You went up there and bathed. Make sense to you? I'm in here taking a cold shower off, don't I? And he went up there and he said, I don't know if this is the first time he'd ever done this. I, I don't know what the Bible says. But he got up there and he, he spit up there and he went, whoa. Ooh. Ooh. And he kept looking. And she was bathing. Whether she knew he was looking or not, I don't know. It doesn't seem to call it. She doesn't seem to be declared innocent by the Bible. And so, you know, he, he just lost his focus. He, 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 did, he quit thinking on things above. He started being the me now and now. Boy, doesn't our world live there? They live on... It's all about me. It's all about the now. It's all about my dream. Oh, that I can fulfill my dreams. God forbid. When you get to be a born-again Christian, you want to fulfill his dreams. I gave up my dreams and died to my dreams at 18 years old, man. You have to die to them. What else happened? David forgot God sees everything. He lost his sense of the presence of God. He lost the sense of the intimacy of God. You won't sin if you can have, and God will give you, a sense of his presence. That makes me believe that David was backslid long before he asked for Bathsheba to come to his house. He was long. He'd been looking over that parapet, if that's what it's called. Uh, He'd been looking, and he backslid in his heart. Because the first time he looked at her, he should have walked away and said, God forbid, man, I don't want to look at that. I denounced that. One time a playboy was mailed to my home. I'm not going to ask any hands because you may not have told your wife about it. But um, there was a playboy mailed to my home. I get the mail sometimes. I don't always, but I got the mail, and there was this playboy right in my hand. I'm by myself out in the country. Got a playboy in my hand. I held the thing up by my mailbox. I said, in Jesus' name, I renounce this. Had I not done that, I'd have been shot. Had I not done that, I'd have been shot. Then I told my wife about it. You tell everybody you know, because uh, that's going to help you not do it. And it's gonna, they're going to help you. By the way, you are my friends. I need you to pray for me. I need you to help me in my struggles. But he lost the sense of his presence. The third thing he did, he lost... His love for God. He cared about himself more than he cared about his wife, more than he cared about his children, more than he cared about anything. He loved that moment of pleasure. Boy, boy, does the devil sell stuff. Do you sell stuff to the devil cheap? He sold out, and you know what? Most of you know the Bible, know what it cost him. 
for for uh, I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Twenty minutes of pleasure. Depending on how old he was. Twenty minutes of pleasure. And he sold all of that out. Why? This is our text. That was my introduction. It was only 25 minutes. Here's our text. David despised the commandment of the Lord. This is what hit me when I was going over this passage. What happened to David was, what can happen to you, is he began to not just not like God. He didn't just, get, he didn't just drift away from God. He didn't just get cold to God. Before you sin, you've got to do what David did. You've got to begin to despise the commandment of the Lord. You know, what, you know what's wrong with us? We don't make our sin as bad as it is. We constantly want to take it easy on ourselves. We constantly want to pull back. It just was an impulse. It just was a this. No, it was wicked, despising of God Almighty. You can't use a bad enough vocabulary to describe sin against God. Word despise it. Look it up. Look it up yourself. It means to stain, to scorn. Sin in its root is an attitude. It despises God's judgment. Leviticus 26, 43. It despises God himself. Numbers 11, verse 20. It despises God's word. Numbers 15, verse 31. It despises God's reproof. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 30. It despises God's man. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. Jesus was despised. A man of sorrow and acquainted with Jesus didn't do one thing to be despised, yet they despised him. He didn't do one thing to attract their, their, their scorn, but they scorned him. Moses, if you look at Moses, he was despised. Who was he despised of the world? Let me tell you, the world don't despise you. It's your own people. It was Korah and the 250 leaders. It was Janus and Jambres, which we wouldn't know their names except for the New Testament that despised him. It was, his, it, was, it was the people he helped come out of Egypt and out of slavery. They were the ones that backslid, and when they backslid, they began to despise Moses. But they were bigger than that. It was bigger than despising of Moses. It was, you knew who they, they were really despising. It was God, right? Well, you remember the sentence against David. Wow. The first thing I noticed about the sentence against David was it was violence from within his house. I'm trying to help you today. I'm trying to help men, especially today. Women do this, but men are very, very prone to this. Sin of adultery. Sin of sexual fornication. I'm trying to save you a world of hurt this morning. I'm trying to help you not destroy the best things in your life. Not to pollute some of the great gifts of God that He wants you to have. But you will not be able to enjoy if you do these things. You say, God will forgive you. He will. Just like He forgave David. He'll forgive you. Violence from within His house. Violence was the last step down as far as I can tell in the Bible, violence is the, is the last step down before God destroys you. 
The Bible says in Genesis 6, 11, the earth was all, also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. Homosexuality leads to a violent life. Why? Because homosexuality is raw, jealousy, envy, and sensual-based living. If you reduce yourself to living on feelings, you are no bigger than the animal next to you. The beast. The Bible calls you a brute beast because you're just running on feeling. I've been around a lot of homosexuals in my life. Transvestites, with how they call transgender, but transvestites. And let me tell you, there is no more a violent group of people than the transvestite homosexual community. They are, they squeal like cats. I've heard them squeal. Scratch each other's eyes out. Of envy. You looked at so-and-so. You shouldn't look at so You know, boy, just awful. The greatest joy is to watch is to watch your children walk in truth. Troy probably thought I was impromptu. I was thinking about what I was doing there because the greatest joy you've given me is that you've walked in truth. The second greatest joy you gave me was you married Andrea, which wanted to walk in truth. And you people with grandchildren and children, you know that's and they're walking in truth. That's a sweet thing. It's just deep. It's sweet. But if you sin against God, these kinds of sins, you are literally damaging the sweetest part of your life. The second thing that happened, not only violence from Winnie's home, but he had public shame. God wasn't going to let him go on this thing without public shame. Uh, it's part of the penalty. By the way, I preach, I preach a sermon called, Where Has Remorse Gone? People sin today, they go before God, God forgive me, abba-dabba-doo, we're going down the road. Whatever happened to remorse? Whatever happened to shame? Whatever happened to you tucking your tail between your legs and saying that was awful? I'm going to tell you what, God, don't, God, God will, not, he will not accept your pride. The Bible says God resists the proud. But it gives grace. And boy, do you need grace? I need grace. So who does he give it to? Humble people. Humble people don't have reputations to lose. Humble people don't have what people think about them. That's not big on their agenda. Humble people care about what God thinks. Public shame. In Psalm 51.3, David said, For I acknowledge my transgressions, my sin is ever before me. If I may add a point that I don't even have in my notes here, is another punishment was, you're never going to forget it. You're never going to. I say never. Let me take that in. In this life, all tears will be wiped away in the other life. That's when I believe the memories will go. But, but, but not yeah, yeah, not till he does that. But in this life, you're not going to forget him. Many of you were victims of these things, and you're sitting there going, yes, preacher, I'll never forget it. I review it at night when I sleep. I get up in the morning, I think about it. Oh, preacher, it's before my conscience. David said the same thing. He said, my sin is ever before me. It taints your life in some degree. I know that you claim the victory. 
And I know that you can you rest in the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son who cleanses us from all sin. But he, God himself ruled that it will not be taken out of your mind. Why? Hopefully you can warn others not to do it, and you cannot do it yourself again. And by my last point here is you never sin alone. You will not sin alone. You're going to make your grandchildren pay. And you're going to become a reproach. And you're going to be the example of every scornful lip that speaks of it. If you read Proverbs at all, Proverbs 5, 6, 7, and 8 are well known for speaking about what I'm talking about. Read Proverbs 5, 6, 7, and 8 over and over. Read it four or five times. But Proverbs chapter 6, verse 32 to 35, especially read, where it says, He that committed adultery uh, obviously uh, has no sense. Because a wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. Now, I, I, I don't glory in any of what I'm reading because it's the Bible. It's the Bible. I don't glory in the, what the Bible says, but I do know one thing. The Bible's true. Let every man be a liar, but the Bible's true. And I guarantee you that if you committed adultery, you're never going to live it down. Why? God says you ain't going to live it down. He ain't going to let you live it down. Use it. Rather than try to fight it and bury it, he that confesses the sin, he that covereth the sin shall not prosper, the proverb says. But he that confesseth and forsaketh it shall receive mercy. So, Quit trying to, like David was trying to cover it, finally start using it for the glory of God. Psalm 51 and Psalm 32 we wouldn't even have had David not been willing to put it out in public. He put it out in public. How many people have used Psalm 51 and been blessed by it? How many people have used Psalm 32 and been blessed by it? Because those two Psalms are where David got right with God and how he got right with God, and they helped me get right with God. But you say, Brother Bill, you're, you're painting a pretty dark picture of folks that sin. If, if you don't have that by now, I have failed miserably this morning. I'm not painting as dark a picture. Get this and get this good. I'm not painting as dark a picture as the Bible paints. Because I'm not able in 30 some odd minutes to show you all the Bible says about this. But if you read through these passages and you read through the examples of the Old Testament, New Testament, and you read through, brother, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you a whole lot more than you want to pay. You, you, you and I, we always go light on it. If we sin any, most parents, where, where do they fail with their children? They don't discipline them enough. How many parents do you know in your whole life over-discipline their children? I knew one guy in my whole life I felt over-disciplined his child. How many people that I know under-disciplined his child? I don't have enough fingers or toes or teeth or hair. I mean, there's so many people under-disciplined their children while they go easy on their own because, oh, you don't know his heart. I've heard so many mothers say when their kid is murdered or stolen and they're in jail, all oh, the boys got a good heart. You don't have a good heart. He's vile. And the problem is, 
Probably why he's in jail is you've been telling him that the whole time. Rather than calling a spade a spade. I had a mother. Brother, she called black, black, and white, white. I mean, it was the way it was. And you were not favored in the least. I hope we learned something this morning a little bit. A little bit. May the Holy Spirit use. A couple ways. Number one, to keep you from sinning. What you heard this morning ought to help you stop. Stop! Stop! Some of you may be on the road to adultery right now. Your heart's beginning to warm up to some other woman. Or maybe a female's warming up to another man. Let me tell you, as soon as you start feeling that little warming up, stop! Get away! You know, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 talks about a way of escape. Way of escape, most times, real simple. Run! <laughs> run, brother, run! Put it down and run! If David would, when David looked over that parapet, I know somebody's going to correct me when I leave, but when he looked over that, he should have said, uh-oh, that's my weakness. Run! He, he kept looking, kept thinking. And why is it some other woman's better than the wife you got? Why is that? You say, preacher, I don't have time to tell you. Oh, I know. Why is it the other woman's always better? You know, the other woman's Jezebel, brother. She's going to rip your guts out and gut you like a fish. Why? God will make sure of it. Especially as a born-again Christian. God forbid. I like this last verse. I give it. Be sure your sins will find you out. Father, help us. May the word of God go forth in purity and honesty today. May you relate to this like I could not. There could be some. There's a man. This go over the internet. Really goes all over the world. May the people listening to this heed the word of God. May they heed the warning of the Holy Spirit. And may there be people saved from adultery this morning. May there be people saved from sexual immorality, from fornication, as the Bible calls it. May they be saved from the consequences that David had to endure. How did it break David's heart when Absalom himself, Absalom, Absalom, my son Absalom, oh, that I had died instead of you. That's the way David felt. Because David knew exactly why it happened. Father, help us not to curse our own home. Not to curse our own grandchildren. But to love you and be honest with you and have gratitude and review our salvation regularly and keep it fresh and look above. Save us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.